Hey everybody, it's Adina, also known as Dini the Yogini. Hey, this is Lex from Flex of Lex. This is Dee, your faith fueled mom. What's up, peeps? This is your girl JQ with Fitness Defied. This is Takima from Takima Renee Fitness, and you are listening to the Fit Black Queens Podcast. You are listening to the Fit Black Queens podcast, and this is where you can find us this week. This is Takima from Takirani Fitness, and you can find me on Instagram Live, Wednesdays, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. What's up, peeps? This is your girl, JQ. Catch the schedule at jquenow.com. Boot camp is coming up. Get registered now at jquenow.com. Eight Queens on Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I teach a mommy and teen bar class. We can bar together through Zoom Fridays at 2. See you there. Hey, everybody. This is Lex, a.k.a. Flex of Lex. I am back at the gym. You can meet me on the bike at the Sport and Health in Pike and Rose in Rockville, Maryland. Visit flexoflex.com for more info. Hey, everybody. It's Dini the Yogini. You can come in, flow and go with me for yoga on Sundays and Thursdays at Anytime Fitness through Zoom. So you want to be in it to win it. Article and everything. So there's this article about um, Supreme Court. The Supreme Court in Jamaica, they ruled that um, dreadlocks in Jamaica schools are banned. Did you guys hear about that? Oh, yes. Came up I heard Google a little alerts. bit on Proud uh, Jamaicans Live the uh, the other day. I did hear a little bit. Yeah, they're saying because of like hygiene reasons, and it all started from a little girl. I think she was like five years old. Um, she was sent home, and because of her dreads, and someone's they said she's not allowed to come back until they're cut off because of hygiene reasons. And her parents fought it, and it went to Supreme Court. And Supreme Court um, like sided with the school, which I think is very, I don't agree because um, first off, having locks or dreads is not nasty. Yeah, it's not an indicator of your hygiene. Your hygiene. Yeah. Your hygiene. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I'm telling you, there's people with like just with like whatever it doesn't matter how your hair is y'all nasty y'all nasty yes yeah. hair smells like outside all the time you know you know that outside smell <laughs> yes and actually the people that i know that have locks they actually i feel like they take better care of their hair than i do so oh for exactly. sure i know they do for me because i'm i do the bare minimum right so <laughs> yeah yeah but as far as children i feel like all children are dirty so <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I'm not quite sure if they should create a legislature on the cleanliness of a child, especially a five-year-old. I, exactly. I don't know. I think that's a little. Yeah, that's a little bit much. The only thing about that—that's not our country. So we have certain rights that other countries don't have. So we obviously are going to see that as like, well, that's infringing on our rights. But I don't really know Jamaica law, so. If she was here, yeah. I definitely would have something more to say about. We're talking about Jamaica, not Denmark. It's not like there's nobody <laughs> in Jamaica with locks, right? Yeah. 
Exactly. I, I just feel like it's ridiculous. But I do know that that has also happened in the U.S. where a few people, they went to school and they were like, no, you need to cut your hair before graduation, you know? And I just I just don't agree with that at all. I could, If someone told me that my daughter had to cut her hair because of of hygienic reasons, I'm... I'm sorry, y'all. Pick me up. <laughs> Pick me up. I'll catch these hands. There's so many misconceptions about Black women, Black people, and our hair. Like, it's crazy. I just think about all the people who have tried to touch my hair, pet me like I'm a dog. Wait a minute. And like, okay, did, you, first, wait a minute. did you say, wait a minute, Alexis, did you say pet you? Yes. 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 Girl, I'm over here about to roll on the floor. Is your hair real, Alexis? Is your hair real? That's the other thing when people's like, whose hair is that? (laughs) I borrowed it from Beyonce. Like, come on. I borrowed one of Beyonce's wigs. No, but like... (laughs) It's so offensive. And I actually, like, I... I, It just makes... It's like a trigger. (laughs) Just for you. This is like a trigger for me. I hate it so much. Like if my hair, if especially if I have my hair in like a wash and go, that is the cleanest my hair is going to be. Like <laughs> it is super clean and you're sticking your nasty fingers near my head. I told my sister one day, I was like, I don't know what it is. Everybody is touching my hair today or they're trying to, and I'm getting an attitude. She's like, but your hair looks like people should be petting it. I'm like, don't say that. <laughs> uh, She's like, I'm- you look so fluffy today. I'm like, No. <laughs> I've seen you, and there's some time I want to touch it, but I'm like, she gonna hit me. I don't, I don't feel like it. <laughs> I just remember sitting in class and feeling people pull my hair because they're touching like the back of my hair, like, oh, you have curls, and like, oh, that would just, yeah, that's infuriating. Don't do that, people. Don't touch other people's heads. It's not. Yeah. It's it's offensive, and it's like it's just. I have a. I tell people now, like, don't come in my bubble. Like, just don't. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. But yeah. So misconceptions of yeah of that you can touch people's but, hair or that the cleanliness I, how many I don't know how many people's ask me like oh how often do you wash your hair how often do you wash your hair like, yeah I get right. that a lot too I wash I as like, much as I need to <laughs> I feel like Adina has had Adina has had long locks too yeah yes. my husband. He started yeah before I did and if I just get those throwback pictures out and you'll see us when we first started locking and he decided one day he cut his locks off. I mean, he kept his well-groomed and me, because mine was all the way down past my shoulders. I made like funky styles, like the French roll, mm-hmm. uh, the updo. I had all kinds of things, but long, lo and behold, I kept my locks clean because I kept them. I went to the salon like every two weeks. Mm-hmm. You see? Yeah. yeah. And most people have locks. That's what I'm saying. They maintain their hair much more than I go to the salon maybe every six maybe every six weeks so like every two weeks I don't even know if I have that in the budget much less like time wise <laughs> yeah there's so many misconceptions out there they really are for real and and that goes for like everything I, I don't know why people act like black people are like a different species we're all humans we like the same things as everybody else except unseasoned food we like everything else <laughs> We like to swim, we like to run, we like to bike, we like to do yoga, we like, we do Pilates and bar and, you know, all of that stuff. Absolutely. We do all of it. it. It's crazy that people, that people don't think that black people can do 
anything. <laughs> yes. So I am super excited. We should all be actually super excited because we have Monica Garrison, who is going to be joining us this evening. Uh, Monica Garrison is the founder and director of Black Girls Do Bike. I know you all heard of Black Girls Do Bike. And this yes. is just amazing. Yeah. Um, she has uh, really has been the pioneer and really getting women of color out there on, on the bikes. Uh, she's the founder of this growing organization, and she believes that the simple act of riding a bike can be the catalyst to wonderful and empowering experiences for women of all ages. So how Monica came about this is that after a summer of rediscovering her affection for cycling, but noticing very few women of color riding in her town, which is in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Monica set out to find other women with a passion for riding bikes. What started as a simple idea to connect ladies to cyclists has turned into a movement with more than 60 inclusive riding groups all over the country. And truth be told, they just started a Black Girls Do Bike in London. I had to put that in there. That's awesome. So... She is creating lady leaders in the bicycle movement, introducing riders to the joy of cycling and filling the void in the largest cycling community. So let me introduce Monica Garrison. Welcome, Monica. Welcome. Hey, welcome. welcome. <laughs> Good to be here. And hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hello. Yeah, so I'm sure I probably missed something, Monica. So if you would like to just tell the audience about your journey, it's, it's so amazing. Man, where do I start? Um, so the story starts in 2013. Uh, I found myself in this mental and physical rut. And, and I, after a couple of options, I decided cycling, which has always been pretty good to me was a good place to kind of get back to my center. So I, I set out to purchase a bike. Um, I did that and I spent the summer of 2013 riding as much as I could and uh, riding with my kids who were quite small at the time. Uh, I taught my daughter uh, to get off of training wheels by the age of four and, and we just had a great time. Um, and that, that summer of joy for me turned into um, a time when I also realized that I was almost alone out there in terms of seeing other women of color on bikes. And I, I thought because cycling was such a relief and uh, a positive thing in my life that I wanted to share that with other women. So Black Girls Do Bike was just a Facebook page at the time just to say, hey, if there are any women across the country who share this passion for cycling, I wanted to find them. Um, but it quickly turned into what we have today, which is a growing number of women who find support and uh, fellowship and, and all kind of positive things from Black Girls Do Bike. Absolutely amazing. That is Absolutely. so inspiring. So you said that cycling's always done you well. How long have you been like cycling? Yeah, so I like to say cycling was like a boomerang in my life. I would like throw it away and discard it and then it would just somehow come back <laughs> um but I'm grateful for that right so the, the as an early 
child, in my early childhood, I, I rode my bike. Of course, the summertime was uh, pretty much all I did was ride my bike with my brother and his friends. Um, and then later in life, uh, when I got out of college, got a job in the city, I said, well, let's try the bike again. So I started to commute. Uh, so I did that for uh, a little over a year. And that, that was great. Um, changed my life in a lot of ways. And then I kind of put the bike away and marriage and kids and all those things uh, took over. And then, like I said before, when I found myself in this place where I needed to kind of reset my life, um, cycling came back and, and it's here to stay, I think, <laughs> uh, because uh, it's kind of, it's changed my life again. It's allowed me to do uh, so many things, meet so many people and, and hopefully inspire others. And, um, and I don't see any, signs of black girls are bike slowing down anytime soon so that's that's positive yeah it doesn't sound like it growing all the way um international yeah. um, it's funny you say that your childhood love i tell people when i do talks is that's where they should start like think about what brought you joy when you were a kid did you play basketball did you love tennis did you like to ride your bike did you like roller skating and those mm -hmm. are great ways to start your fitness because you fall in love with the process rather than going to the gym and lifting weights and you absolutely hate every second of it. So I love True. that, you know, you went back to that inner child and what brought you joy and brought it back to your adult life and it's brought you even more joy. So that is encouraging. I feel like for women just to know where to start in a fitness journey, if they're in a rut, like you were saying you were. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, for me, it was cycling, but for you, it could be, you know, you used to take hikes with your family when you were a kid and that was peace for you. Like, mm -hmm. just like you said, start, start wherever, whatever feels familiar and, and won't feel like work because you're doing it because you enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I find it um, so cool that you commuted by bike. Like that's something I'm terrified of. So <laughs> you're like, yeah, I did that for a year. I'm like, oh, she's a G. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Um, it was super convenient. I don't want to get any points for that. It was like I lived right next to a trail, so I literally came out of my apartment. There was a trailhead right there, um, and then it took me pretty much the whole way into town. Then when I got to town, I had to navigate some streets and some traffic. But uh, but it was the most relaxed commute you could possibly have by bike. So cool. <laughs> It's really interesting that you said it was a relaxed commute by bike because a lot of people, and I, and I don't know where the majority of your members are based, but a lot of people, that's their concern is if they have to drive, ride on roads or in congested areas. Can you talk a little bit about where your members live and what their experiences are on, on the road or on the trails? Yeah, so we, we try to be diverse. I mean, we, we try to have women from all uh, walks of cycling lives that that find some sort of camaraderie in Black Girls Who Bike. So I would say probably 70% though of our ladies are just, you know, riding road bikes or hybrids um, and they're doing it on the weekends for recreation. Um, and then you have, then you have some that are actually racers. Um, there's a small portion of our ladies who love mountain biking. So they're all about getting off road in the dirt and the gravel and, um, crashing down those hills that to me they're the they're the g's because that is yeah uh, it looks like fun but it looks like um it's kind of scary looking too, <laughs> too. <laughs> um, and uh so so we have a little bit of everything uh we certainly have women i know we have a lot of ladies in new york city uh in those congested towns who do find that commuting to work makes more sense 
for them than you know hopping on the metro um or or they can get to work faster than driving so uh we have a little bit of everything and i i think that's the beauty of it because you can kind of find riding partners that are riding the same type of ride that you're riding so what would you expect at a black girls bike like meetup since there are so many very like various types yeah. Uh, we've had four, possibly five meetups so far, national meetups that we do annually. Um, and then we do focus on road riding for those meetups. Um, but hopefully in the future that, that will change. Um, but generally, you know, aside from our social events, we try to pack in one to two group rides that will, you know, kind of keep everybody happy. Um, but, but I mean, even the folks that like mountain biking or BMX riding or all those other cyclocross riding, um, you know, they can, they can find the joy in, you know, hopping on a road bike for 30, 60 miles and just, you know, and it's, and, 30, and really the, miles? Wait, what? <laughs> what Hold on. That's not joy. Like, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> you guys are cars, you mean? What? I've said, I've said too much. <laughs> human years and dog years so there's like runner miles and like bike miles so um yeah 30 miles 60 miles a century 100 miles like that, that's uh those are goals everybody kind of incrementally gets to the the next step when they put it in the work that's amazing wow <laughs> and you know monica i think that just being on the outside looking in that you are changing lives in so many realms can you just share with us like one of the most heartwarming stories of maybe of a member that really that you changed their life by having this group black girls do bike well uh, i think i think a lot of stories i i don't hear because people are just getting on their bikes and riding and getting better and and accomplishing goals um but but when i do get the occasional email or i'm at the national meetup and people come up to me and, and they say you know a year ago i was not active and I'm here at this national event because I wanted to join these ladies and and I appreciate all the things that all the things that Black Girls Do Bike has allowed me to accomplish. Um, I, I hear those stories quite a bit and and that's always kind of surreal because um, you know I'm not holding their hand helping them do it but we do have sheroes on the ground who are and we do have you know people in the groups who are willing to meet you for a ride and offer advice and, and skills and things like that. So it, it definitely takes a village, um, but there are women every day who are doing things they would not have been doing if they hadn't discovered Black Girls are Bike or if yeah. we didn't exist. So that, that's, that's, all, that's all it's about to me. And then you know what, Monica, the other thing is that we have a place now. As African-American women, we have a place and our voices are being heard, especially after all of this stuff that's the racial injustice, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, the voices are amplified for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think, I think one of the strengths of Black Girls Who Bike is that we just, we just love on Black women all day long. Like that, that's what we do. Um, to me, it's about feeling good about who you are. 
And I think by getting on the bike and accomplishing things that, um, you know, you get that feeling. Um, mm-hmm. And also seeing other women who are of, of the same, who are built of the same materials, you know, who have yeah. this inner strength and you get to kind of feed off of it. Um, that, that's priceless. That's invaluable. Yeah. I love when someone just love up on me. So thank you for saying that. I'm going to take that, <laughs> put it in my back pocket. Um, but can you explain what a Shiro is a little deeper? Yeah. Um, the Shiro is kind of the, the guiding light of our chapter. So we have uh, just over 90 chapters now across the U.S. And now I have to start wow. saying uh, across the world. <laughs> but yes. um, the Shiro, she does it all. Like, and, and I, my hats are off. My hat comes off to the Shiro's because they're they're leading rides right they're organizing these ladies they're coming up with routes they're connecting with local bike shops uh, and and other local entities to find ways to get the ladies on the road and 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 get them engaged in the larger cycling community um and so they're kind of attached to everything they're admins so they're moderating these facebook pages um they're in contact with me we have a private chiro page um, as Adina is aware of, that we kind of touch base and 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 figure out the best move forward. I use the heroes for feedback when I'm when I'm contemplating a decision within the organization. Um, so the heroes wear many hats, uh, but mainly they are women who share this passion, who are uh, good at inspiring others because they you know that's the goal, and and who have a really selfless spirit. So that if someone, you know, needs help picking out a bike or has a question that seems simple when they are embarrassed to ask, they don't hesitate to ask because, you know, they're, they're intimidated. So the Shiro has to be many things to many people. The good news is our Shiro's are, are excellent and, um, and they, they get it done. They really do. That is so cool. Yeah. And how can, so is it like an application process of becoming a Shiro? How could someone who meet all the criteria become a Shiro? Uh, mainly you got to have the passion and the drive and the time. It, it, it's a volunteer position. It comes with some perks. We try to, we try to treat our heroes well um, with discounts and things like that. Um, but yeah, it, it's volunteer. So you, if you're interested and there's not a, a group in your town, you would reach out to me and, you know, explain why you should be a Shiro. Um, and if there are no objections, <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> we generally accept you in and, uh, and then we start building because uh, we work under the, if you build it, they will come premise. So there you, it may just be you in your city, you know, but if you have the drive and you're willing to, to get out there in the community and find other women of color and connect with other groups, um, you can, you can build that, that network and, and get those ladies motivated. So one thing that you also have, which I've been I'm like one of those people who walks by the store like 50 times before they buy anything. You all have these really <laughs> cute outfits. Like you have the cycling kit and you have them in like different colors and different cities. And like, how does that work? How do people, you know, have the, wear the black girls do bike brand? <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> yeah. Good question. Um, I think it was, it, it came out of, necessity maybe um we had ladies riding we had groups organized around the country um and there is a there's a section of the cycling community that like you're not legit unless you have a cycling kit on right so 
um, in order to you know, placate a little bit to those people, it was like, well, if we're going to be legit and show up at a bike event and we want to feel like we belong there, then we should have a Black Girls Do Bike kit, you know? Um, we, you know, you don't have to. It's not a it's not a requirement or criteria to ride your bike that you got to wear spandex. But for those that want to <laughs> and, and they want to fit in, <laughs> And you know we have our own we have our own style. People of color, we we like to do what we do the way we do it. So it was like you know, no one else was going to make these kits specifically for us. Then why shouldn't we make them for ourselves? So that's how it started. Yeah. And so and it's grown because we have national kits which aren't city specific. But then uh, our cities kind of said, hey, well let's why can't we have a New York kit? Why can't we have a Detroit, Atlanta? You know, and it kind of it kind of just grew from there. I feel like we always have to create something for ourselves. We always have to make a seat at the table. So I yep. love that you guys made the most fashionable colors, colorful cyclist <laughs> seat. There is those suits are, um, I, don't, I don't even cycle. I just want to wear them. They are so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I like the, um, I think Alexis and I was looking at like a DMV. One, it is yeah. so cute. I can just see myself walking through Whole Foods. My, by the way, I drove there um, <laughs> with a kid on. Oh, but I also have like, I think you should do like two legit two kits, and then have like. Oh my goodness! Whole, I think that is just like so clever. She wants and to have, like, go and she wants her own kit made. That's exactly. It has Real. to be yellow. <laughs> this is what we call unsolicited marketing advice. <laughs> so, I'll Monica, you know, today was National Jersey Day, right? So, Ooh, I wore I my DM, uh, <laughs> jersey today uh, for the bike club that I belong to and on, on Facebook. And I'm like, DMV, stand up. That jersey was lit. I'm telling you, whenever I wear that jersey, I get so many compliments because it's just yep. so nice. I think Val G and myself helped design that jersey mm -hmm. a couple mm -hmm. years ago. So it's a really nice jersey. So, and that pretty purple and yellow one that you have, I mean, they're all lit. They're all lit. Yeah. Go buy your jerseys, lady. Get your bike, buy your jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, that DMV jersey is one of my favorites. The yeah. red, it pops. So I kind of, um, I'm being nosy. I kind of want to know what's the future for Black Girls Do Bike? Like you're international now. Do, are there things mm -hmm. that you guys have planned? I know meetups might not be in the very near future, but how are you guys dealing with that as well? Yeah, meetups are, are in the air, I, I guess, just like everything else right now. I mean, we certainly will return to... Uh, national meetups they may look different but but we'll certainly do them in the future um we, we 2020 has been a crazy year in lots of ways but in good ways for us because because people are looking at racial injustice right and companies are coming to us and saying you know what are we doing wrong what can we do how can we connect with black girls we bike um you, I, I don't question all their intentions but i, I think that in general um, they, they have right motives. And so sorting, I'm, I'm finding myself sorting through uh, offers to connect with very large brands and very large um, organizations in the cycling community and to find inroads to, to make a difference. And that's Which, something I couldn't have anticipated. That's amazing because you started this because you were the only woman of color that you could see. And now not only right. 
are there many, but other people outside of this community is seeing that they need to address this issue. Right, right. So they're coming to us, which is great. Right, you made a huge seat at the table, which is amazing. Just from the need for community, which we've talked about before. Like you you need to be surrounded by people who are goal getters. And like, that's what I love about my job because I tell people like, I'm literally around people who are, are striving for a goal all day long. Like how motivating can that be to be every day? And you have a community of women, 90 different chapters of black women who are striving to be better than they were before. That is amazing yeah. that you started this legacy. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, the, the future looks bright. I can say that for sure, um, despite everything that's going on. Uh, because ironically, the pandemic has pushed people outdoors. So all the things that we maybe took for granted before are suddenly more valuable to us. And bikes are selling out, you know? People are, are hiking and and doing all sorts of things that they didn't have time for before, or maybe the motivation to do before. So in that respect, um, it's been a positive for us in general. And um, as far as the future, we're looking to become a nonprofit um, in the next six plus months. I'm actually working on that behind the scenes. I'm really excited because that's always been the long-term goal. Um, And then we are going to find ways to educate our heroes more formally through some organizations that uh, can give them some leadership skills and give them um, some additional skills on the road to make them, to make them better ride leaders. So, so we're, we're, we're working on a lot of things right now. I just want to say one thing, Monica, during the pandemic, you creating this, I rather be cycling challenge has been amazing. You got so many women, everybody was chomping at the bid to be a part of that. And I just want to say thank you because it got me to do more indoor cycling. I got my Wahoo kicker and I'm super excited. So those challenges really keep me motivated. I'm sure as many other ladies. Well, can you challenge? Can you describe the challenge? Yeah, that that's great to hear, Adina. The so it it came as I'd rather be cycling. Like no matter what you're doing during the pandemic, whether it's stuck in the house or if you're essential and you have to be at work, um, I bet you'd rather be somewhere else. So, um, <laughs> so I'd rather be cycling uh, is a phrase I've used for a long time, but it just seemed really fitting. And it's, we created a virtual ride. So it was pick your pick your goal. Your goal could have been five miles, 10 miles, 100 miles. We gave you a, a little over a month to complete your goal. And, um, and then we gave away prizes at the end. And each woman who participated, or some non-women, everyone who participated, um, got a physical medal that, that we mailed out and then mailed to them at the end of the, the ride. So, um, so it was on your time you know, in your location with friends, without friends, however, it was safest for you to ride and, or indoors, as Adina mentioned, and then, you know, do your ride, collect your medal at the end. And what was cool is that we got a bunch of companies on board. We were able to give away two bikes, some helmets, some Black Girls Do Bike paraphernalia. So there were, there were freebies at the end. It was, it was, it was really cool. That is so cool. That is so yeah. I, I actually have a question for you, and it's it's weird because it feels like we asked this question months ago during season one when we had Black Girls Trekking on. And okay. the question is, how have you seen your community grow in light of, you know, this 
amplify melanated voices on so like your social media following how have you seen yeah. that and have you gotten more exposure absolutely um i think i'll give you an example we were growing at a pace of on instagram because that's when i probably follow the most of about about a hundred new followers every month right um and then some tr- strategic companies propped us up and placed us on their you know on their instagram feeds and their stories and we were growing at a thousand a day for the better better part of may and june it was like night and day um and it's funny because now you can like see like it's starting to slow down but every once in a while somebody will you know post something and then it'll boost so yeah we we've we've grown social media numbers wise tremendously in the last 60 days. Wow. Yeah. That's great. I wanted to go back. I had a question earlier because you talked about, you know, buying your kit and buying your bike. And we had this conversation in the previous episode recently where we talked about, you know, the cost of certain activities, right? And Mm -hmm. cycling is one of those where people think you have to have the fanciest bike, the fanciest gear, and all of that good stuff just to be able to do the activity. Can you talk about those barriers that, that people put up that aren't necessarily true? Sure. The, the myth that you have to ride an expensive bike, that's a big one. Um, we don't want you to feel embarrassed if you show up, you know, with a bike you got at a garage sale. Our goal is to get you on the bike. Once you get on it and you decide to ride consistently, then you may want to invest later into a bike that's going to fit your needs. Because in all reality, when you start riding, you don't know what kind of riding you're going to be doing. Um, You may want to be on roads. You may want to be on trails. You may want to be on dirt. So in in our mind, to get you on the bike, whatever bike it may be, is the goal. Um, What you find is certain bikes are made, bikes are tools, right? So um, depending on where you end up focusing, you may need to invest in a bike so that you'll be comfortable when you ride, so that you can ride longer distances without putting undue strain and stress on your joint. That's what a more expensive bike gets you. It gets you a, a more comfortable, stable ride. Um, but it, it, a lot of our chapters are in big cities, and big cities have healthy ride in Pittsburgh. That's what we call it, but ride share. So it's not uncommon for our chapters to start a ride at a rideshare station. So ladies who don't even own bikes can can show up and ride with us. So we're all about knocking down those barriers. Um, and oftentimes people sell bikes, like they, they start on one bike and they graduate to another one. So it's not unusual to find someone selling their bike. And that's a great way to get into cycling, you know, through Black Girls Do Bike. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, that's great. I I especially, especially resonates having people meet at a bike share because it really resonated with me, the, you know, meeting people where they are and having the bike share as a meetup location because we went on a group ride um, before quarantine and there were little comments that people were making and it wasn't Black Girls Do Bike. It was a different group. Um, and you know, the idea isn't to make people feel uncomfortable or not worthy because they don't have the fanciest bike. Nobody should make anyone else feel that way, especially when they're stepping out on a limb and trying something new for the first time, perhaps. Mm -hmm. 
And I would be the person with the janky bike. So <laughs> I appreciate that very much. I was like, what do you mean I can't ride my huffy? <laughs> so, yeah. And I think the ride chair is great because it leaves no excuse. Because I was like, oh, man, now I, I can't say I can't do a black girl's bike because I could have a bike at a ride chair. So that is awesome that there's that option or availability for someone who just wants to kind of just dip their toe in the water, see if they like it. Yeah, I think I think that's part of the, you know, the benefit of being connected to Black Rosie Bike and showing up with uh, other people at the rides. You don't feel and intimidated, and you know you can kind of shake off those comments because you may have the voice of reason over your shoulder that you might not have if you if you were there alone. So, yeah. Well. I think all that you've done just from the, just from the, the, I guess, yearn to have community in the community that you've built over the years is absolutely amazing. How could our listeners um, follow, find a black girl's bike in their area? <laughs> um, if you go to our website, blackgirlsdobike.com, there is a locations page. Locations are listed there. And you can scroll through. They are alphabetical. Um, so you should be able to find your, your nearest chapter. Um, and then if you can also, each of our chapters has a Facebook group page. So if you go to Facebook and type in Black Girls Do Bike in your city, and there is one, it will, it will definitely pop up. So that's, that's the best way. And you guys are on Instagram and Twitter too, I'm sure. We are, yes. yes. Awesome. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the big ones. <laughs> and if our listeners are part of a Black Girls Do Bike and they want to shout out their chapter, we would love to have that. Or if you just have questions, um, maybe you're having a hard time finding it, send us a message, drop a message in Anchor. We would love to hear that as well. Um, you can find us at Black Queens on Instagram and Facebook. And we tweet too. We're on Twitter. Follow us, please. <laughs> and- <laughs> Leave a review on Apple. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Apple. We're also on Spotify. Um, so yes. And time please. Bye. 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 Thank you, Monica. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you, Monica. (laughs) Thank you, ladies. This was great.